Lord, we thank you for a place uh, and a space and an environment and a community where we can come together, Lord, where we can uh, nurture relationships, where we can heal in relationships, where we can hear from your word, where we can be um, where we can be moved by your Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you, Father, for the ways in which your word has been speaking to us in, um, in this series in James, Lord. And we pray that as we culminate this series this morning, that you would continue to do that. That maybe the, the particular things that we've been looking at would, be, would become even more clear to us. And that the things that we um, are challenged on, Lord, would become a, a place of joyful obedience for us. Lord, but above all else, Lord, I pray that that every man, woman, child, every person, Lord, encountering your word today and being encountered by your Holy Spirit would, uh, would not leave or be left in a place of feeling anything other than just a tremendous outpouring of love that you have for them. Lord, would you be glorified and magnified in this place? Would you be glorified and magnified among these people? Would you be glorified and magnified in this message and with these words in Jesus' name? Amen. So, the book of James, the letter, the letter of James, or the epistle of James has been, has really all been all about large pills. You know, we use this phrase you know, that's a, that's a pretty big pill to swallow. To indicate something that, like, needs to be swallowed, needs to be internalized, but is difficult to get down. In fact, sometimes it needs to be choked down, right? And, and the book of James certainly, certainly provides for us several, several large pills. Things that are medicinal to the soul, and medicinal to the life, and maybe medicinal to our relationships, or medicinal to our relationship with God, but that takes a, a tremendous gulp, or you need to chew on for quite a while. Things like, what do we do when, when simply when we are under the pressure of a very difficult trial or circumstance? Like, what do we do? How do we get out from underneath it? Right? Or how do we deal with the interpersonal conflict that Pastor Luke preached on last week or how how do we go how do we go about managing and and protecting the the word the words of our mouth right from doing um, unnecessary damage to the people around us so there's lots of these there's lots of these types of things now um, probably what we hear today is not the largest of the large pills, right? But what we want to what we want to understand is that um, is that, and similar to the way that we prayed uh, early this morning, is that every single thing that God, every single thing that God has for us, is ultimately for our good. Now that is not the same as saying that every single thing that God has for us feels good. Or that every single thing that God has for us makes us happy. 
There's a, there's, a, there's a distinctive difference, right, between God's desire to produce happiness in us and God's desire to produce holiness in us. And sometimes those things diverge pretty significantly in the circumstances of life, right? And God's primary concern, Pastor Luke and I were having this conversation this, this week, in fact, that God's primary concern for you is not for your happiness, that God's primary concern for you is for your holiness, for the closeness of your, for, for you being conformed and transformed into the image and likeness of His Son Jesus, who, who bore a cross and walked a difficult road and certainly experienced happiness and joy in the context of relationship, yes, but whose primary um, but whose primary path was holiness, not happiness. So James is kind of closing out his epistle here, or his letter, um, a letter that is a series of large pills, some that we will visit today, um, with this word on prayer. And he says this in James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. Is any one of you in trouble? They should pray. Is anyone happy? Well, you should sing. Is any one of you sick? Well, you should call on the elders of the church to pray over you, to anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. James opens this little section, which is his closing section to the epistle, with this, with this question. Are any one of you in trouble? Now, the, the answer for James to this, what is probably a rhetorical question, because generally knows the answer, right? Um, is that you should pray. The question then becomes, well, what does it mean even to be in trouble? You, know, you can say, well, I got in trouble, you know, as a kid, I got in trouble a lot, right? Or I'm experiencing trouble at work, or I have a lot of trouble in my marriage, or my health is in trouble. Like the word is, it's twisted, right? It can be complicated and so I think it, 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 bears some, it bears some focus then on what it means to be in trouble, specifically for James, because he used, uses the word intentionally here. The word, the word trouble is not just like kind of a benign word, uh, but it actually speaks about like um, affliction. It's a good definition of it. Are, are, any, of you, are any of you afflicted? Are you, are you currently suffering? Are you experiencing pain? The context of 
James's words here as it follows, it, it, it moves into like physical sickness, right? If there are any one of you sick, they should call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord, right? And so we, we tend to think that like the, the trouble indicates just a, a physical sickness. I'm, I'm ill. I'm, I'm sick. I'm in, need of, I'm in need of healing and prayer. But when James talks about trouble here, he's not just talking about like our physical sickness. He's talking about the general circumstances of our lives. Are any of you feeling or experiencing this sense of affliction or pain or suffering inwardly, outwardly, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically? Meaning like, are any of you in need of hearing from the Lord? Are any of you in need? Do you, have a, do you have a sense of being like, got circumstances of life, X, Y, and Z, are painful. They are oppressive. They are heavy. I am feeling the pressure of what is going on. In moments like that, we often ask the question, as is a pattern of James to answer the question is like, what exactly is the trouble that I'm experiencing? Where does it come from? What is the, what is the nature of it? If you remember all the way back to, and if you have the little booklet, right, uh, we provided for you on James, this may be easier for you, right? We can go back to the very first series in the book of James when we talked about like what the nature of trial is. Not like, a, not like a trial in a courtroom, right? But what the nature of trial or difficult circumstances are. And when, what is the, how do, how do we go about discerning or determining what is the nature of the difficult thing that I am going through? Because there is a distinctive difference between a trial, which we said is a difficult circumstance that God uses, that when, that when we allow God to use it, he will use that difficult circumstance to leverage holiness in our lives, bringing us to a place of spiritual maturity and completion, right, from James chapter 1, a trial. It's a good thing that doesn't feel good, that is creating holiness, when we surrender our fight against it so that God can use it to do something in us that we would not allow him to do otherwise. So there's a, there's a trial, right? Is this trouble that I'm experiencing, is it a trial? Is it something that's ultimately for my good, but it just feels really painful and I, there's, there's, a, there's a, a, one response there? Or is it a temptation? which we discussed in the very first week of the series, is something that is not from God, right? James chapter 1 says that. When tempted, 1.13, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. It can be a temptation, right? This difficult thing that I'm going through. Not, not something from God, but certainly a moment of decision. And then there can be, uh, there's a trial, right? There's a temptation, right? And then we can experience difficult circumstances in life 
not because of something that, you know, like that good that is that God has been brought about or a a decision that we have made, but then they're like, sometimes I'm experiencing trouble or pain or suffering or affliction mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, because I am suffering the consequences of decisions that I have made. And we sometimes jettison those, we sometimes jettison consequences out of our spiritual life, right? In the name of like, well, but with God, there's grace and there's mercy and there's forgiveness and and, and because of all those things, there should be no consequences, whatever. Well, that's simply not the way that God operates. And sometimes the consequences that we experience for the decisions that we make or the things that we do, right, can be used by God to produce holiness in us. But we need to understand that sometimes they, they do, consequences and trial remain separate from one another sometimes. It's not, it's not God's fault right, when I'm experiencing the trouble or affliction or issues that come from the decisions that I have made. Those are my consequences. Consequences are to be repented from so that we may turn towards God and embrace holiness. Trials are to be embraced as tools that God is using to transform our hearts and lives. So even if we take the whole like pantheon of experiences that we can have, the question then becomes from James, are, is any of you in trouble? Well, what then is the response? You should pray. In the midst of your trial, the difficult experience, the thing that is hurtful, the thing that you don't maybe understand, you should pray. In the midst of your, in, in the midst of your temptation, the, the, um, the pull of sin to entice you away from God, you should enter into a spirit of prayer. In the midst of your consequences, the things that you are experiencing because of the decisions that you have made, in your affliction, in your suffering, in your pain, whether it comes from God, whether it's a temptation, or whether it's a consequence for the decisions that you have made, if you are experiencing affliction or trouble in any way, shape, or form, the answer is always and forever, you should be praying. You should pray. Prayer is the active response of faith in the midst of persevering, enduring, and standing up under the weight of painful circumstances. If you allow yourself a moment for like reflection, because the longer I pastor and the, the more and more human I become, <laughs> the more and more, the more and more I, I come to realize and recognize that every single person in every single moment of life can put their finger on some source of pain suffering or affliction that they're currently under. Maybe it's a, a relationship that is suffering, right? 
or a pattern of thought that I can't, I just cannot break out of. Or maybe it is a, a physical sickness that simply will not go away and is just chasing me around every year of my life. The older I get, the longer I pastor and talk to people through things like this, the more I understand we almost never, we, we never escape those things. There's always going to be something where with just a, a sliver of self-reflection, we can come to identify the thing that is causing us pain. Sometimes the pain that we're experiencing is the decisions that other people make, right? I'm, I'm beginning to see my kids are all relatively young. My oldest is 11, right? But now I'm, I'm beginning to see how the decisions that my kids make or the experiences that they have create pain in my life. Right? And so it's, it's not even always like, well, what is, what is it about me? Sometimes it's about the people that I love going through things or experiencing things that are, that are, that are causing pain or pressure in me, and I don't exactly know what to do with it. And I think that there's a lot of times where we're, 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 we're able to identify what the pain or the pressure or the affliction or the suffering is, but we don't exactly know what to do with it. It's just kind of there. And, and how do we like, how do we address it? And I think that the, um, one of the, <laughs> One of the difficulties about being a like 21st century modern American person when we're trying to embrace um, the life of God's Word and the spiritual life of following Jesus is that we are so uber-focused on doing something that we often receive spiritual practices as a inaction in the midst of the pain that I'm experiencing. And so we perceive something like prayer, like when James says, are any of you in trouble? Hello, McFly, you should pray. All the younger people in the room are like, Give away my age a little bit there. Back to the Future, it's a classic. You should watch it. Anyway. <laughs> so when we're going through something, right, and James is like, are any of you in trouble? You should pray. And most of us are like, yeah, but I want something to do. No, 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 no. Okay, yeah, prayer. Got it, got it, got it. Now what can I do? We receive prayer as kind of, as like, kind of like a spiritual placation. Like a, oh, it'll be okay, just pray about it, right? And we generally cast it off as inaction to solve the actual problem. And so we want something to do. We want to do something. We want to attack the problem. We want to, we want to really go at it. You know, pull our, 
you know, pull our, ourselves up by our bootstraps and really get after this thing that we're dealing with. And I'm going to fix this relationship or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to solve this problem or I'm going to get this thing under control and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. And uh, <clears throat> understand, I am a fixer, per- like personally. Okay, I'm speaking, I am a fixer. And, and, um, and when there's a problem or when there's a, or when there's an issue, like I am like, I, my, my general historically, my general approach has been to punch it square in the nose rather than flanking it with prayer. Okay. Um, and so some of this I'm speaking out of the pain of getting it wrong a lot, okay? I want you to understand that. But, but, but one thing this tends to indicate about us, right, is that when we see in the midst of our pain or our trouble, when we see prayer as really not doing anything, right, it, it should tell us something about our relationship with God. When we have that feeling or that attitude or that approach, it should it reveals something about how we are in relationship with God. Because essentially what it does is it, it, it presupposes that the remedy to the suffering that you or I experience lies solely in the things that you and I must do. Like, well, obviously I'm in this really difficult circumstance. And so I just must not have enough information or enough knowledge or be doing the right thing, making the right list, checking the right boxes, going through the the right um, processes in order to like fix this thing. And so what do we do? We read all the books, right? Listen, I'm a book reader. I'm a reader. I love to read. We listen to all the podcasts. I love podcasts. We get all the info. Like, I like the information, right? We, we throw ourselves into spiritual, like, spiritual busyness, trying to, trying to think, well, if I just overwhelm the problem with enough church, right, then it'll, like, it'll resolve it. And then, and then, and then something like COVID interrupts community, and you're like, "Wait a second, I'm like emotionally, spiritually, mentally dysregulated now because I've been hiding it all." Okay. We have a bad habit. We have our our form of Christianity has a really bad habit of thinking that every answer to our spiritual life um, is to just do it better. Get better information. Become more informed. Work, work harder with the information that you have in order to solve the problem. It seems, with the simplicity of James's formula here, right, 
that he sees the first response as the most appropriate. Are any of you experiencing pain or affliction or trouble or suffering? You're praying, right? You're praying, right? And if we were to take it in the midst of, or if we were to take it in a kind of like a a list of priorities, we begin to see, then James begins to unpack other things. Um, The reality is, is that what, what James begins to, if you go, okay, let's say this. If we go back to week one, of this series, where, where we learn that in the midst of difficult circumstances, or when in the midst of pain, or in the midst of suffering, or in the midst of trial, right, that when you and I, when we, when we seize the opportunity that suffering presents to us, God can and will use those trials, those troubles, that suffering, that affliction, to bring us to a place of greater maturity, growth, and completion. But what James says is that the process of standing up under or enduring that suffering or that pain or infliction is actually the thing that you and all that you and I all want to do in the midst of the pressure that we're experiencing. Like, so put it this way, you're experiencing a difficult circumstance, right? And you ask yourself the question, what is it that I have to do? What is it tangibly that I have to do in order to make it through this, in order to get the pain to stop? James's answer is the thing that you do to successfully navigate the difficult experience that you are facing or under right now, the thing is prayer. It is not a lesser thing. It is not a patty cake thing. It is not some like spiritual placation thing. It is the thing to do. It is the way to be fortified spiritually with the strength necessary to endure and persevere through the affliction. It is the thing to do in trouble. Prayer is the active, it is an active practice of faith that God will use to bring to completion the work that He began to do in you. It is not, prayer is not passive. Prayer is the most spiritually active thing and discipline that you can employ. But what James goes on to say here is not just so fatalistic about prayer, right? It's not so, we have to read this whole passage in context. It's not just like, oh, prayer is the thing that we do. Like here, we only have a thing that we do when things are difficult and hard, right? But then he goes on to say, are any of you in trouble? You should pray. Are any of you happy? Are you experiencing periods, relationships, situations, circumstances where you're like, you know what? This is great. Was that a little bit too, like, sarcastic? (laughs) This is great. I'm having a great time. (laughs) 
This has been so easy. <laughs> I can read the room enough to know, right, that it almost seems foolish to say something like that. I have faith to believe, right? I have, I have faith to believe that not just joy, because joy is always present in the life of someone who follows Jesus, but I have, I have faith happiness is coming. And the reason that I have faith to believe that happiness even though the season that you're in or I'm in or we're in or whatever feels like nothing but darkness and pain and pressure and suffering and hurt. The reason that I believe that happiness is coming is because I firmly believe that the tomb was empty. And I, and I firmly believe that the, the ultimate expression of defeat, which was a, a crucified Savior, was not the end of our story. But that when every bit, when, when every bit of hopelessness seemed to be on display with Jesus on the cross, God saw fit to, to flank the enemy of darkness, right? And Jesus came bursting forth from the grave, resurrected to new life, offering it to all those who would believe by faith in him. And that certainly is a happy thing, even in the midst of a person's pain. And so I, our number one core value here is that Jesus is everything and the gospel changes it all. There is no more basic explanation of the gospel that darkness was defeated in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave. And so if I'm standing on that truth for us, I want to stand on that truth for me, right? And I'm going to stand on that truth for you that no matter how hopeless and enduring and never-ending the pain is that you are experiencing, that we have a Savior who defeated it all and happiness is coming. It's coming. In those moments, in those moments, James says, are you happy? Hey, here's an expression, just like, just like prayer is the expression, the spiritual expression in the midst of trouble, worship is the spiritual expression in the midst of joy, in the midst of happiness. Is any of you happy? You should sing songs of praise. And then finally, in verse 14, are any of you sick? Right? That's the question. Three questions. Are you in trouble? Pray. Are you happy? Sing songs of praise. Are you sick? Here's the next answer, right? Ask the church. Ask the elders of the church to pray over you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. Prayer is a community practice to seek healing through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Prayer is a community practice to seek healing, physical healing, physical healing through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. 
James offers a few interesting little like tidbits of like wisdom here for us. The first is that this is this, um, and I'm going to say this. Um, I'll, I guess I'll just say it right. Uh, I failed mind reading 101 in seminary. Failed it miserably. I tried to do my best, right? I'm really bad at it. Okay? I do not know that you need prayer unless you tell me you need prayer. Right? Sometimes I can see it written all over your face, right? And I'll ask you, hey, can I pray for you? You're looking like you need some prayer. No, I'm fine. No, you're not. You're a liar. Let's go pray. <laughs> right? And sometimes I can see that. But I'm not always, honestly, I'm not always in the mood to push that hard. I'm be honest with you. Right? And what James indicates here is like, hey, look, if you are sick and you know that you need prayer, it is your responsibility to come and ask for it. You need to come and ask for it. And that when you come and ask for it, if the pastors, if the leaders, your small group leaders, if the leaders of the church will be like, you know, I'm just a little busy right now. I can't. I'll get to you like some other day, then that's on them and shame on them. But that the responsibility of receiving prayer in the midst of your sickness is yours. You must pursue it. And then it becomes the leaders of the church responsibility to follow through with that. And that they do two things, right? That they um, call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. To pray over is kind of a, um, a euphemism of like laying on of hands. That we pray over the sick person. And then we anoint them with oil. Now, what is that all about? What is oil all about? Well, there's really two ways in which that we, we, we see oil used in historically in the Old and New Testaments as well as in the ancient Near East. The first as, is that uh, you read any of the Old Testament and you read really parts of the New Testament as well that Oil was a, was a symbol or a emblem that was used to symbolize the presence and power and, uh, of the Holy Spirit of God. It was used, it was used as, a, as a way to like be emblematic of the Spirit's presence upon the person. They anointed kings in the midst of their duty of kingship. And so that there was a... There's a um, there's a like symbolic and emblematic like understanding of the Holy Spirit's ministering presence in my life as I'm anointed with oil in the context of spiritual community. It's not hokey. It's not snake oil. It's like it's rooted in the wisdom and tradition of the Christian faith. And so we employ of our sickness the spiritual and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Listen, oil was also used in both the Old and New Testaments in, in the ancient Near East as a, as a, um, as a uh, for medicinal use. Right? They have antibiotics and like pain relievers and antihistamines like you and I have today, right? 
they used what they had naturally in the environment to, like, whether it worked or whether it didn't, they understood the presence of oil, right, to be a, to have significant medicinal value to a person's life. And so it is perfectly and 100% reasonable to, to think and believe that James had this same understanding because it was a cultural value and, and belief that oil had significant medicinal value. And so we can, we can stand on solid ground to say, right, that, that James could be, could be balancing both dimensions of like, hey, look, when you are sick, certainly come to the church, ask for prayer, be anointed with the whole and be anointed with oil for the presence of the Holy Spirit and for the medicinal value of getting yourself well in whatever way you can. Because oftentimes there's this like, ooh, well, if I come and pray to the Holy, like, want prayer, right? Is it like a lack of faith to then go pursue the most, like, all of the medical, like, all of the, the, the medical resources that I can, like absolutely 100% without a shadow of a doubt, no. It's a both and rather than an either or. Well, I don't need to pursue like good medical resources because I've just, like I have the elders of the church praying over me and that's what the scriptures tell us to do there. We're like, hey, listen, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? That's not what James is saying, and that's not what the Scripture indicates here at all, right? Pursue both, because we think that James probably had an understanding of pursuing both based on his context and his culture. Praying for healing and seeking medical help are not mutually exclusive and not contradictory to each other in scripture whether that be something that i'm experiencing physically like i have a physical sickness or whether it be something that i'm experiencing mentally or even emotionally like leverage every resource that you can to see how god will be moving and healing you for what you're experiencing If we're going to leave you with one thing this morning, it would be this. If you're in the midst of suffering or pain or affliction and wondering how or what in the world do I do? How do I get out from under this? Prayer is not spiritual inaction. Prayer is the, prayer is the first step of actual action that begins that begins to bring relief and perspective to the pain that I'm experiencing. Prayer is the active work or response of faith in the midst of persevering through something that is difficult, whether that be something physical or mental or emotional or spiritual. Do not give up the work of prayer. With that having been said, let me pray for us as the uh, worship team has an opportunity to come back forward. Heavenly Father, uh, You have taken us on a journey through the book of James in Scripture. 
And we are so grateful for what you have shown us and taught to us and revealed uh, to us about your heart. Lord, what we ask, what we ask is that you would not allow the wisdom of your word to quickly depart from our mind or our memory, but that you would take it, Lord, and that you would shove it deep down into the soil of our lives so that it may germinate, take root, grow, and produce fruit in our lives. Fruit that allows us, Lord, to endure suffering and pain. Fruit that allows us to put a guard over our mouths so that we speak words that are tender to the ears and sweet to the lips. That we, that we seek, Lord, the, the um, beauty of processing through conflict with one another in a way that defies the wisdom or processes of the world, Lord, and embraces forgiveness and truth and reconciliation. And that, Lord, that we would embrace prayer as the active response of our lives when things are extraordinarily difficult. Not as something that we just do because we think we're spiritually supposed to, but because prayer is the activity that you call us to do while we're enduring. In Jesus' name, amen.